Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air, online, 24-7, as both a uh, podcast and as what we refer to as a radio loop, both of which are accessible by going to our webpage, to our to the homepage of our website. That's at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. You'll see two links right at the beginning, right below that, that lovely picture of the microphone that I, yes, am speaking on right this moment, right below there. The first link takes you to uh, our uh, listing of podcasts, this show would be at the very top of the list. At least it will be uh, if you contemporaneously or in, in, a, in a reasonably short time from the time I'm saying this decide to visit the site. Yep, that will be the first show. And whatever show is the first show up on that list, well, that's the one that's also running on the uh, aforementioned radio loop. And when you do that, when you hit that second link what you basically are getting is a, uh, a show that's running in a loop. Uh, and the experience is akin to the analog experience one would have when turning on a radio, an ancient transistor, or any other form of radio, tube even. You, you can imagine yourself, it's 1927, and you're going to listen to something sponsored by Hup. Mobile, and, uh, and maybe it'll be Fibber McGee and Molly coming on, but in any event, you turn on the radio, and once the sound comes on, it's someone speaking, and you, well, you can't go back to the beginning of the show necessarily. You just listen through and stay part of it, except that in our case here, with a radio loop, we will go back to the beginning of the show, uh, once the show has run in its entirety. That's what we give you. We give you different ways of listening in because we know that there are those who like to listen in that way. Some uh, under the uh, normal uh, mechanisms of podcasting and others uh, kind of like our radio loop. So you, you get both, two for one. We're, we're, we're such a generous lot, we folks here at, at Center Left Radio. Uh, it is the 23rd of August, 2022. It is the second primary day here um, in, uh, in New York, at least, in, in, in this part of the country. Uh, today will be a primary... Let's see now. There's going to be, I believe, there's a. It's the primary on the federal side for a congressional seat. There is, I believe, I believe, uh, a Westchester-based uh, primary, a a, a local uh, state-related race coming up over here. Um, the polls are open. They open at 6 a.m. They're already open now. And uh, I'll be getting down there to vote not long after I finish doing this show. Uh, but I, 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 I can't help but think about what these elections here in the New York area mean uh, as, we, as we approach the November midterms. 
Um, there, there, there's a strange phenomenon that, that is part and parcel of being here around New York City. Um, we pretty much know that the Democratic candidates, whoever they are, and, and this is for any kind of, of race, any kind of election, be it local, be it national, the Democratic primary winner can just about count on maybe 100% of the time, almost, winding up the winner in the general election. And, and of course, that's going to be true in certain guaranteed districts around the country, up part the northeastern part of the United States, the west coast and southwest going into California. There are plenty of districts where winning as a Democrat in the primary pretty much is a statement that uh, you're going to win the general election. And, and the same, of course, can be said of, of any number of uh, <clears throat> Republican districts, so-called safe districts around the country, where if you're the Republican nominee, <clears throat> you're largely guaranteed that you will win the general election uh, that uh, follows your primary victory. Now, what's happening... This is always interesting when you get, you know, into uh, senatorial races. Uh, we've had states where, for the most part, and have states where, for the most part, uh, one can guarantee that even in a statewide race, uh, the uh, uh, well, you're, what, what's statewide? Of course, senatorial. So, as a senator, uh, a senator going and serving in Washington, uh, if you win the primary uh, of a certain party, if you're, that state is known to generally go uh, Republican or Democrat, well, you've pretty much guaranteed yourself your seat in Washington. But, but of late. Of late, um, several states, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm looking at, right now, I'm looking at uh, Georgia. Um, you'll recall that uh, the difference in the U.S. Senate at this moment was because two seats in Georgia that by any other, uh, by any other metric and, 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 and at any other time, could have absolutely be, been guaranteed to go Republican. Two Republican, two, two virtually guaranteed Republican senatorial seats wound up going Democrat. Uh, there was a special election, there was the regular election. Donald Trump intervened at that time. And it was his intervention and his support of rather fringy sort of candidates that kind of pushed things the wrong way in Georgia to the, to the shock of many people. Now, we're in a situation now uh, where there is a senatorial race and there is a governor race coming up in Georgia. And Stacey Abrams, who lost by just the slightest of margins the last time out, looks as though she has an extremely good chance 
of coming in and taking the Georgia uh, gubernatorial slot. And Ralph Warnock, uh, who basically was in one of those two elections uh, that shouldn't have gone Democrat uh, in in uh, 2020, he was appointed. Uh, he was part of the. He won the special election at that time. He's up against. I, I'm still trying to figure out how this happened. Herschel Walker, um, who somehow decided, and others seem to like the idea, that a former uh, very famous, uh, uh, well, he was a Heisman Trophy winner, he was a famous football player, um, that somehow he would be the best candidate to put up against, and, and, he, and he's Republican. Uh, it winds up he's not dissimilar from many Republicans. Uh, his his uh, his pronouncements are strange. Uh, he got himself all tied up in some statement about there's too many trees. Or, have you seen how many trees there are? He was he was trying to knock some kind of climate agenda uh, situation that he was trying to saddle uh, everybody else with. The, the Democrats were one that 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 uh, Warnock and Biden want to tax everyone under two hundred thousand dollars to plant more trees or something like that. And, and, and he punctuated it by saying, I, I, I see plenty of trees around here. Uh, and, and, and of course, that got him all kinds of bad press. He's in the same category as a Mehmet Oz, uh, basically saying, you know, uh, what would you, you know, you know how much it costs to put together your crudite, uh, which is not exactly what most people voting in the in the Keystone state of Pennsylvania would normally, uh, they wouldn't refer to a vegetable platter that way. And I'm not sure how many of them uh, even have heard the word crudite at this point. But he he seems to have a remarkable capacity for alienating people. This is what the Republicans have out there right now, or it's indicative of what's out there right now. So much so that none other than Mitch McConnell is putting out signals to the effect that uh, there's a likelihood that the uh, the Senate will remain in Democratic hands, and he's blaming the quality of candidates. Uh, Herschel Walker has really no business running for the Senate. I'm 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 sorry, but with all due respect, Herschel, you are not the the sharpest tool in the shed. You may have had a distinguished football career, and I know that many people go from any other. Uh, any other number of different careers and find their way into politics. But um, in, in this current environment, having to sound, you have to make yourself sound crazy. You, you, you have to at least be credibly crazy, not just dumb. You have to be able to lie about uh, what Donald would prefer you lied about, at least with some level of... Uh, 
uh, what of, of command of, of of thought processes and everything else. I'm, I'm I'm treading on dangerous ground here, please. But I'm 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 saying it simply because I'm observing this guy on the campaign trail. He ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. But now maybe they figured, well, Herschel Walker, he's black. Ralph Warnock, uh, you know, a, 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 uh, an ordained minister, he's black. Uh, one, he, he'll counter, he'll counter. I, I don't know what the thought process is. Is Walker the best the Republicans could come up with? And apparently, uh, I guess he is. But realizing the, the, losing, the losing battle that they're facing right now, Republicans have been, uh, the, the RNC and other sources have been pulling funding out of places like Georgia and Pennsylvania and other places around the country for all intents and purposes recognizing, the money base is recognizing, that they've put up a defective slate of candidates. And any, any hopes they had of taking back the Senate seem to be pretty much uh, lost at this stage in the game, which, which, which would have sounded nuts if you'd said this as recently as a month ago. But this is the world we're in. And, and, and this is the result, I think, largely of the Trumpian effect on the political structuring of campaigns uh, as we go into the midterm. Uh, Donald has made sure that he basically has his hand uh, every place, certainly at the congressional and at the senatorial level, every place he possibly can. It becomes a referendum on Donald's ability to get his candidate in there. Well, who's his candidate? Well, by and large, they're, they're the most uh, excessive and, and, the, and the least rational and the most willing to either say outright or imply with every ounce of their being that the 2020 election was stolen, that Donald was robbed, that we need him back in order to bring back law and order, uh, 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 get rid of a welfare state, uh, stop, uh, stop all those people from crossing the border illegally, uh, I, whatever it is that, that Republicans seem to focus on. But, but there's, there's, there's been a backlash to all that. And the backlash winds up being that in national polling, and this was interesting, this, I think this was Fox News, and, 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 you know, the Fox name notwithstanding, it's fascinating uh, what, those, what that poll comes out with. It tends to be accurate. It doesn't seem to be as slanted in any way, shape, or form as Fox itself, Fox Cable, generally is. The Fox or whatever poll this came out of, I, I think it's yesterday or the day before, has now made... Preservation of democracy, the state of our democracy, has become the single greatest issue on the minds of voters going into the primary, followed by women's reproductive rights. Now, 
granted economy is there and everything else that but but the top the top scorer has been the preservation of our democratic system and you can you can lay that at the feet obviously of the the gerrymanderers and the and the and the state uh, the state legislatures uh, trying to put together laws that will now, uh, as of 2022, or even be well, no, mostly as a result of 2022, when these people are elected, we will have people. They will have people in the Republican states. Will have many will people who can overturn the results of an otherwise valid election. And knowing that and knowing what the state of the January 6th committee hearing is, watching Trump wiggle and wriggle and watching constant uh, competing narratives being presented for why he was holding on to classified documentation in Mar-a-Lago, the expectation raising regularly, rising constantly, that at some point he will be indicted, watching the grand jury in Georgia, watching the January 6th committee, watching what's happening with the investigation coming directly through the Justice Department, basically regarding uh, the documentation, the top secret compartmentalized documents that were being held at Mar-a-Lago in a totally illegal and inappropriate way, and that Donald simply didn't want to give up. It, it doesn't seem unlikely that the combination of all this being fed to the American people elevates the notion of our fundamental democracy being at risk. It's all collectively putting the storyline out there to people that, that the very system, the very roots we have are being threatened at this point. The implication of that being we'd rather hold on to it. It's something we need to have. We, and, and, and that's another point here. You, you know, if, if, if the first thing on your mind is that there is a, a lack of, or, or there, there is a threat to the democratic process, you would think, I would think of it from my perspective, the next thought would be, if you had to add something to that sentence. And I sure as hell would like to have it preserved. I'd, I'd like to get back to, to an understanding that we're all playing by the same rules, and the rules we're playing by are essentially those laid out in the Constitution. And what isn't specifically laid out in the Constitution, we basically can fill in the blanks, as we have been for about 240 years, by accumulating uh, norms and procedures and pro processes and, and being able to assume the good faith of the players in the system. Now, we've had our ups and downs. We've had the Civil War. We've had the period during the Roosevelt, uh, uh, as, 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 as Franklin Roosevelt was putting together his legislative packages, uh, the New Deal, and, and all of the uh, attacks being done on the country by so many sources during the Great Depression. These, there were down points. There were places, as cer certainly during the Civil War, where the likelihood that we would not survive as a single country 
seemed quite probable. We came through the worst of it. But, but this is different. Now, most of what is driving division is, is clear and apparent lies, falsehoods, projected through a megaphone of social media being reinforced by a rogue ex-president. This is, this is about as new as anything could possibly be. And somehow the Republicans can't seem to disenamor themselves of this guy. They're, they're trapped with him. We're, we're watching a cult play out in what was the Republican Party. We're watching the party force itself into, into uh, political corners and choosing candidates that basically support the cult or the, the notions of the cult leader as opposed to doing things that would be considered rational and reasonable from a governance perspective. All that matters is supporting the leader of the cult and his ability to retain and in this case regain power. There's no sense of, of governance. There's only grievance. And, and, and this is totally different in my perspective than anything that we've confronted before. As I said, with, with, the, with the seizure of documentation from Mar-a-Lago, uh, the Trumpian types, uh, if you could call them his legal team, they're, they're pretty weak. They're pretty weak. Are, are just flailing about, trying to, it's, it's everything up against the wall, trying to find some rationalization, some, any, every competing theory you can, just waiting to see what will the public, what will the base buy into. They'll, base, they'll buy into almost anything. They'll repeat anything they hear coming from Trump and his surrogates. And as long as it has a, a social media, uh, you know, panache to it and it comes through whatever chat board or anything else that they're willing to believe. But it's a constant competition of rationalizations simply because this, this whole event for Trump and company is also simultaneously a legal quagmire. This is, this is not, it's not the standard Trump thing where someone sues me and I basically now begin a delaying tactic with the courts and I outlawyer you and you eventually give in and we eventually settle or you go away and I basically go on and do my next stupid thing. No, this is the full weight of the federal government and they've already got the goods and they've already got the basis for charging you, Donald. And all you have left is your, your public sphere, your, your image. And with every word I hear coming out of the Trump camp, every uh, competing theory of, of some rationale for why he had these documents, and one fails worse than the next. The, the only thing I can, I can imagine, it's Donald is backing himself into, and, and please understand, I've, I've, I've 
kind of built this up from the beginning here, uh, but I, I, I'm, this is the point of everything I'm saying. Donald is building himself up to the point where he is going to force himself to make an early commitment to running for president. Okay? Once he, and this will be before the midterms, because nothing else is working for him. He knows that his popularity, the likelihood, his support as the potential candidate is rising as part of the grievance reaction to what is going on, uh, you know, what people are, are, are feeling and talking about online, what, what Trumpians are, are doing and saying <clears throat> as a result <clears throat> excuse me, of the Mar-a-Lago um, search and seizure of documentation by the FBI. That, that, that part is working, but it's not producing a viable defense in any way that might might be reasonable, were this brought into a court? So if Donald were to be charged, if he were to be indicted tomorrow morning on any of the three separate uh, violations of, 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 of Title 18 uh, that, that, that basically were laid out there in the, uh, in, in the warrant that accompanied the seizure, and it could be, I mean, he's fulfilled all the elements. I, I'm hearing people saying, uh, well, there's no proof that he wanted to give this stuff away to a foreign government. Well, there's no need to prove that he wanted to give this stuff away to a foreign government to charge him with crimes. And there's, oh, oh, he, he's, he's just being Donald, you know, Donald likes to hold on to things and he, and he does stuff. And they're, they're, it's just, you can't make a big thing out of that, which once again is to say that he is above all laws, above all the laws of this country. He is not affected in a way that any one of us would be affected were we to have done exactly what we know he has done thus far. Without knowing any more about the content specifically of these documents, and we may not, uh, depending on, on how this all plays out, uh, once they've had the scrub team uh, go through and, and allow us to know whatever we can know, and once we get the final statement from the government, what the redacted affidavit uh, according to the government, what, what, what version, what, what level of redaction would be acceptable to the public if it becomes meaning, meaningless from a war, if, if you wind up with, with black, with blacked out, total blacked out pages with, a, with an apostrophe and maybe a conjunction or two uh, as, as what would be uh, releasable without implicating or revealing the government's entire hand on this. And this is being done on an ex parte level. In other words, you know, it's Trump's attorneys are, are not being asked to help the FBI and the Justice Department create their redaction on these documents. This is going to be between the judge and the FBI. That's, that's what it comes down to, the government and the, and the Southern District Judge down in uh, Southern Florida. Uh, there, this, is not, this is not good stuff for Trump. He doesn't have any kind of a real defense. And having a public outcry for him 
although it may be the way in which he would try to get a position against someone or something else, when it's the full force of the government of the United States coming down on him. This, you know, we talk about uh, elements of first impression, things that we've never seen before. This is a new one for Donald. He's never had himself, he's never seen himself in a position where he's trying to formulate what would otherwise be a defense, a legal defense, a court-based defense, and he can't. He just keeps his, his people and his mouth, and, and maybe we'll delay, maybe we'll try something, but there is no defense to what he's done. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm convinced that the warrant would have never been signed, that this raid would never have been made, that, 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 uh, that uh, the, the attorney general would have never signed off on this unless this entire thought process, what we're discussing right now, had not been dealt with in infinite detail prior to that, and if they didn't know exactly what the next steps would be, how if they hadn't considered how Trump would react to the entire thing, and if they had basically just said, well, we're just going to do this on a pro forma level, we're just going to kind of make a show out of this, we really have no intention of doing anything further, we're just going to show that the federal government has power, we're going to make precedent that a former president's home can be raided, and then we'll let it go at that. No. No, Merrick Garland would never, ever take that approach to doing this. This man is too meticulous. If he's in, he's in all the way. If anyone knows anything about him, he's a process-driven guy, and he is playing by the rules. He is not making this a political event for the sake of just the, the, the image of it, or, or he'll go down as the first uh, attorney general to have ever rated a former president. No. This is being done correctly, and the correct back end to this will be an indictment. And there'll be others. The dam will break. Georgia will indict. There will be indictments that will come down from justice. And because they've already demanded all the documentation from the January 6th committee, the, Trump faces tons and tons of problems that he can't bullshit his way through, period. So just to, to, to wrap this thought up a bit, what would you, you know, what would Donald do? Well, Donald talks and and bloviates and bullshits and 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 lies and and tries to create diversions and he's and he's attempting all of that and he and he and he's pumping up his power with the basin he's a kingmaker and he's he's doing all of that but none of that none of that can stop him from being indicted and none of that will keep him from being uh, convicted now. I mean, maybe maybe he's he's 
counting on somehow uh, so infecting the national jury pool for wherever his trials would take place that no jury would ever convict me based on the fact that I'm going to confuse them and get them so crazy and get so much bad press out there that they won't even be able to sit a jury and they're going to have to say case dismissed or something. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's not going to work. It doesn't, it's not going to work that way in the federal system. It's just not. So he's got this huge problem. He's got this conundrum. I can't, I can't fix it in advance. I can't, I can't spin my way out of this. And this is why I say the last card he's got is the one that I anticipate he's going to have to play pretty damn soon as things get uglier and uglier. And that's going to be to declare his candidacy for the presidency and then claim that knowing that I'm running for president, how dare you would go ahead and do this and that and how dare you would indict me. But you see, even that... Um, holds no water whatsoever legally simply because he's not the candidate for the presidency until the party, until he passes through what's left of the mechanisms within the Republican Party to officially make him the candidate for president. And that's going to be some time, there'll be a time before that. He will make himself the ballot issue for November. This is just my observations, my predictions. He will not be able to avoid making himself, putting himself on the ballot directly, declaring his presidency, and then if at least the House is won, and that's not a certainty by any stretch of the imagination, claiming you couldn't have done it without me. Of course, the danger is if they lose both the House and Senate, Republicans, if, if, if Democrats retain control of both the House and Senate, Donald has only underscored his impotence in a, at a time when under the standard political rules, the Republicans should do quite well in the upcoming midterm elections. But once Donald makes it about him, that's when the crumbling effect really begins to hit the House races. The, the Senate, they're giving up on already, uh, the Republicans. Once it's about Donald in the House, now he gets drawn into every single uh, congressional race around the country. And there are many that may very well swing on his presence. Now, not, not that they weren't going to be uh, trying to make Trump more of a presence uh, even now at this point, but once he declares, I am running, now you can beat that, you can beat that message and beat that drum as loud as you want, as loud as you can. And the possibility exists, I believe, that the Democrats could retain both the House and the Senate. Where would that leave Donald going forward? Where would that leave his candidacy, declared, declared candidacy for 2024? It would be a mess, and, and the Republicans know it. And it, it's, it's, it's going to be 
I, I, I just go back to what we said earlier. We are in the most, un, yes, we had a civil war. Yes, we had all of the, all of the conflict that was going on during the Roosevelt uh, period with the, uh, with the New Deal and everything else and all that legislation and all the threats that were coming out from different political uh, groups that were complaining about the depression and everything else, all of that. But this is new. We've never had a president who can't tell the truth. We've never had this before, and we've never found ourselves in a position where he's still able to command the thoughts and minds of a, not a majority, but a substantial percentage of the American populace. So it's wait and see. Will, uh, will Donald declare soon? I, I believe he will. I believe he's going to, it'll be the biggest uh, fanfarest, uh, uh, and, and, and when I am once I'm, I will, and, and the imagery has to be, of course, that he will pardon himself and everybody else. You see, that's the get out of jail card, literally. As the president, they're afraid of me now because they know that I can overrule every bit of what they're trying to do to me. All this illegal stuff that's being done politically, I can get rid of it with a wave of my wand. That's going to be the image of power that he's going to present. But the Democrats on the other side and, and people of goodwill, rational people on the other side will instantly push back realizing, oh my God, imagine if he got that magic wand again. Imagine what this man would do. Imagine who he would have running the government with him. Imagine who wouldn't be in there running the government. Imagine what he would do to our intelligence services. Imagine how he would attempt to utilize our military to project any any position, anything. Imagine what he would do with state secrets. Imagine what he wouldn't do in order to forward his own personal desires, compulsions, agenda, ego, uh, clinical narcissism. We've got, we've got some strange times ahead of us, and we're simply doing I, what I see is we're, we're doing whatever we can. We're trying our best. Liz Cheney, who I wouldn't agree with on anything. She, by the way, she was one of the biggest birther supporters, birtherism supporters. Everybody forgets that. But, but she has now, with the loss that she suffered in Wyoming, it was totally anticipated, two to one, but you still had a third of Wyoming's people Republicans uh, who did believe her and did understand that uh, you needed to have someone like her. She now has made it her goal to basically debunk and to basically go out and maybe attack anyone who was basically supporting anyone in the Republican side who's supporting the big lie. That, 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 that is, a, that is a, uh, a roadmap to never seeing elected office again, at least not under the current circumstances, and the, at least the fallout of those circumstances will be there for a while to come, years. But she obviously has larger thoughts, whether she'll even remain in the Republican Party, who knows. But she's a powerful voice, and that's going to be added to the mix, or is being added to the mix right now. 
We are in uncharted territory. I guess that's, that's, that's the, the, the final thought on this. And yet, more than ever, I feel this compulsion, even in a safe district, just to remind myself that we are still functionally a republic based on a constitution 240 years old, and we will remain, at least we are sort of remaining, the, to, to sort of paraphrase Ben Franklin, we will, we will be a republic if we can keep it, I believe were his words. America will remain a republic, will be a republic, will be a functional republic if, if we desire to go in that direction. We can't play with it the way Donald is playing with this country and expect it to just sort of, oh, well, when we wake up tomorrow morning, it'll be all a bad dream. We were all getting kind of drunk. And we were all kind of, and it will be hungover, but it'll all snap back to where it was. No, that's not how it works. We are choosing. And I want to today, and will very shortly after I finish this show, go out and both symbolically and very, very practically and, and literally exercise the franchise that is at the heart of what this country is all about. And hope that others around the country will do the same and hope that there will be a huge number of people doing it in, uh, in, in a few weeks in November for the midterms. Back in 2018, I, I had cards printed up, and, and, we were, um, and we were putting them out saying, and, and they said, uh, uh, vote. Uh, I was giving them to anyone that I could see, and, and, the, and the little tag on it was, in the most important election of your life. I would, I would have to upgrade that uh, to 2022. This is most sincerely and certainly this midterm election, the most important of your life. If we get a Republican House in there, I'm not even going to begin to tell you what won't happen, what could happen. No, they'll, be, they'll, they'll start investigating Hunter Biden. Maybe they'll start, uh, uh, maybe they'll start doing, uh, I, I guess, uh, uh, you know, Clinton. They'll start reinvestigating her again. Hillary, they'll start, you know, start all over. They'll, um, oh, I don't know. They'll, they'll, they'll investigate the FBI. They'll investigate the January 6th committee. And, 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 it, 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 and, and this, is, this is the crap that will start just to keep Donald happy, and where that will lead. It's, it's a primary day. If you can vote, vote. But whatever you do, commit to the notion of voting for the midterm elections this year. And by God, think of what it would be like to give up the republic because we can, <clears throat> and we'll only have it and retain it if we can hold it. It's, um, it's, a, it, it's a perfect moment to, uh, <laughs> to think back about where we've been, where we're going, and, and, and do it, of course, um, with a little jazz.
Hi, this is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Central Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. We are racing toward something. Uh, it's, it's unknown territory. The components are, are different than anything we've ever seen before. We've never had a president willing to trash the country. We've never had this level of lies so acceptable. But we are going somewhere, and we have to try to preserve our union as best we can.